0: Hi, I'm Theodora F. Izzard from TFI Reiki, intuitive channel, Twin Flame author and host of You, Me, Just Us Three, the down-to-earth spiritual podcast. I thank you in advance for listening to these conversations that aim to bridge the gap between us all. For most of my life, I was in the non-spiritual camp. I battled numerous mental health issues due to suffering with complex PTSD. And by 2016, I had reached a breaking point and then along, along came my spiritual awakening. The introduction of Twin Flames, energy healing and spirituality has not only transformed my life physically, mentally and emotionally but has undoubtedly saved it. I know I wouldn't be here today without its transformative healing. My aim is to break down the barriers, stigma and common misunderstandings around energy work and spiritualism by having down-to-earth conversations with people from all walks of life to share stories, guidance and create discussion around how energy and connection affects and most importantly can heal us all in our everyday lives. These dynamic conversations aim to bring more depth of understanding as to who we are as souls and humans, help us to reconnect and heal, and I hope will inspire, motivate, and entertain. I'm grateful for all your likes, comments, shares, subscriptions, and donations. And if you would like to work with myself or any of our guests, please do get in touch via my website. Thank you for listening. Take care. Hi there guys, uh, I am Theo Rizard and this is episode 6 of You, Me, Just Us 3, the Down to Earth Spiritual Podcast. Uh, today I am joined by the wonderful Denise Searle from Life Fix. Um, so Denise,
1: tell Good us. Good morning.
0: Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us and uh, yeah, tell us a bit about who you are, what you do
1: and we will go from there i'm denise so as you just said i am a hypnotic life coach and a clinical hypnotherapist and i live in tunbridge wells but um i do even pre-lockdown i worked online so i see all my clients online i don't really rarely see people face to face just a few proper psychological problems that really need to be face to face but on the whole it's all online work and uh, i love it
0: Awesome, awesome. So, I mean, I guess we'll just start from the off. Um, So, (laughs) what would, uh, what's your understanding of the difference between the soul and the mind?
1: It's a really, really hard one um, because they are, in my head, they are linked and very, very similar. If I were trying to define it, I'd put the soul in the unconscious mind category, where you've got very, or, or subconscious, where you've got very little influence over its actions, the, the way it makes you behave, whereas the mind may be your conscious um, mind, where you can make decisions, um, log- you know, logical decisions, whereas the unconscious, it, it, or the, the the soul might be driven by the unconscious so you do things because it feels like you should do them mm-hmm. but not for any logical reason that's where i'd pitch it <laughs> oh cool. yeah 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 i get that i mean i would
0: for me i would say your mind in general whether it's your subconscious or your conscious mind is is there to alert you and to, to try and keep you safe Um, So it's working for you, even though sometimes I think it can probably feel like that's not the case. Um, And sometimes I think your subconscious mind is working so hard um, because it can get stuck in in moments where perhaps we were threatened previously. and so therefore but now it doesn't realize that actually now that's that threat isn't there anymore and so now it's safe and now we can kind of go forward (laughs) i think our soul um and i think our mind is something that stays with us for this for our embodiment in this lifetime um i believe that our soul is transient and um is is our kind of driving life force um and does it and is the same in its essence throughout whether it's this lifetime or a different lifetime so i believe that the soul isn't isn't connected to your this body um whereas the mind is um okay because i I would say the mind is created by the brain
1: interesting to me they're all they're all the brain and the bit you were talking about about where it alerts you and keeps you safe that's just a very very small part of your brain that does works does that behavior and it's your primitive part it's part of the limbic system usually the amygdala goes into some of the other parts of your brain. But it's in that primitive part of your brain. And that's the part that forms during, you know, in, in, utero you before you're actually born. And then it doesn't, and it, it's, it's very, very primitive and it acts on instinct. So that's why when you say alert you to something, that's why, that's why you kind of get shivers up the back of your neck when someone's behind you, if you can't see them, because it's an instinct happening. Um, and it can be seen on um, fMRI scans. they can see the, the you know the parts of the brain lighting up and when someone is alerted to something that may feel dangerous to them even though it's not, it may not be in real life, it's because it's as you say, the memory of of that, feeling of danger is stored in that primitive part so it is a, a brain function rather than some ethereal soul i always say when we're talking about soul you, you know i don't believe it in, in the same way as you do and i don't believe in the reincarnation as such as a, of another body but i do believe that whatever what you call soul and probably i would call soul, as well as the essence of you it's that it's you it's it's where your morals and your instincts lie and the way you choose to behave and the way you think about life and other people and whether you're kind or not or unkind to others it's, it's kind of intrinsic and i think that when you die it's sh- maybe not in the modern age where you're filled with chemicals and then sort of chucked in a furnace but in, <laughs> without the without the chemicals if you were to go back in the ground then because everything on this earth all matter on this earth whether it's water air, in, any of the you know the chemical elements are finite there is only so much and they all recycle mm-hmm. so that part of you that goes into the ground and maybe even in ashes or like maybe altered a bit these days <laughs> does come back in another form or, or it's used in another form does that make sense? So it's not necessarily reborn as a person who's got that same soul. It, to me, it's just used in the whole cycle of life, like the rain coming from the clouds and going through the trees and going into the earth and into the sea. And so the the the, the, the essence of that person is in the chemical makeup and it's, it's being used again. So that's how I think of soul recycling, if you like. <laughs> use yeah, yeah. a modern term does that
0: make any sense to you yeah yeah no of course it makes perfect. i mean you know energy can never be got rid of it's only ever transformed right so yeah. I, I totally agree with the you know cycle of life and things like that yeah. but um i would challenge it slightly just from my personal experience and when i say you know alertness it's not necessarily always against threat it's just no. uh, you know being aware um hmm. so uh, For example, something that happened when I was recording episode four of this on Friday um, was we were talking about um, mediumship and suddenly I felt I suddenly got very hot and I felt someone trying to come in. So no medical reason for me to suddenly have a hot flush. You know, there's nothing (laughs) like that. But I was like, oh, okay, someone's trying to blend with me, so that doesn't necessarily fit with. <laughs> but obviously, that this is the thing. Oh. That's why I love having these kind of conversations because our experiences and, and viewpoints are completely, you know, different but interlinked, and I think you know.
1: Yeah, I, and there is always this. I mean, I I like I like the science behind it. I like to know the reasons why. And of course, when you're talking about soul and spirituality and things like that, you can't get to the reasons why, because nobody knows the reasons why. But I've always felt that, you know, I'm not a religious person. I was you know, I was religiously sent to Sunday school as a kid, and that probably put me off the Um, But you know, I did explore other, you know, religions and things like that. And to me, in the end, they were all stories, but the stories were, if used properly, were were helping people or children to learn morals and a moral code and how to be kind, that kind of thing. So for me, that kind of, that use of religion, if you want to give it a name is fine, but I've always felt that there's not a God, there's not a Jesus, there's not a, an Allah or whatever. Sorry if that, you know, offends people this is my personal thought but I've always felt there's something bigger in the universe and that we we feed into it and we kind of almost get out what we put into it so if we're gonna be like it's karma I suppose if you're gonna be a, a not a very nice person and be um do bad things to others for whatever reason you may find that that comes back to you but you know if you live your life in the way that way you realize that there's something much bigger than us that we just can't explain and it's it's uh, say, so i don't give it a name and worship any of it i just don't believe that it's nature and it's part of the it's part of this energy you were talking about and um and if you if you realise, if you realise that there's something much, much bigger, and you're just a small part of it, but you, whatever you put in, you will get back out of it. And if you, look, I say, surrender yourself to the universe. So that's far too woo for me. But if you acknowledge <laughs> that there is this bigger thing, then that actually you can tap into that in a way. suppose a law of attraction why people tap into a law of an attraction and expect things to happen because they're manifesting manically every day (laughs) but actually it's just again it comes down to awareness if you're aware there's something you really want and yeah you make your unconscious mind aware of it as well by saying a mantra every day by repeating behaviors that that show that you want this thing every day and taking actions that would lead you towards that then yeah it may very well happen but I don't believe that you can just sit there and manifest and manifest otherwise we'd all be we'd all be rolling you know winning the lottery every week and living our dream lives on the beach so I don't think it's that but you've got to if you want something hard enough and you you put that out to the universe just so that your unconscious knows what mm. you're talking about and what you want and then you begin to act as though i'm going to this is going to happen then maybe that all conspires in some weird way that i don't understand to come together and help it work
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's interesting um there's a few things so one i yeah. totally i'm um, big on science too and i would love for modern scientific world to be um looking into this kind of stuff and i think that by using you know people that are super energy sensitive and things like that we can look into new ways and and proving what's there and, and finding out more which is you know i mean there is a um in quantum physics that's where a lot of this is is being looked into and absolutely they have um i was i think i was i watched something the other day where they were saying that they do in quantum physics they know that there is a higher dimension that is not made up of that's that's the matter of this dimension they don't know what that is. And they don't know what it's made of but they know it exists and just by knowing that it kind of opens up a whole new world of, of possibility um and with when i'd kind of had done the um managed to record the reiki energy coming from my hands. that was amazing that was amazing so, yeah. um, it's on my website for anybody that hasn't seen the pictures, but, um, that was as far as I am aware, or as far as I can see on my limited internet research, that was the first time that specifically Reiki energy had been physically, like you you could visibly see it appear. And it wasn't just being recorded by a a, a meter seeing the energy flow. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I tried to contact the Institute of Neurotic Sciences to be like, I think I've done something, you know, this, uh, can I be involved in some research? Could we do something? I was told <clears throat> I need at least, you know, a starting figure of $30,000 to yeah. be able to, to fund any research. So it's not really surprising that there isn't as much information and scientific knowledge to back up all research being done into what's all you know previously been seen as as woo woo stuff, whereas actually i think it could be a gateway into unlocking a lot of the secrets of the universe um but
1: the funding isn't there yeah absolutely i mean there's bound to be someone doing a phd or something in it that you could help with if you could find them i don't know where you'd look maybe it would be someone doing a phd in quantum physics or maybe someone doing a phd in I don't know in spirituality something like that but I I don't know how
0: do you I mean maybe they'll find me through this but Jamie it's where do you start how do you find that
1: yeah I have no idea (laughs) you could put out on your Facebook page if you've got lots of followers asking do you know anyone doing a research into this (laughs) why these alternative um or you know complementary therapies work okay so you might recognize this little lady and you might think well what on earth has she got to do with spirituality and energy and everything when i'm describing energy to a group of people a room full of people i use peppa pig because she's got these wonderful little electrodes in her hand so you see i'm touching it and absolutely nothing happens Mm -hmm. um but i explain to them that energy flows through all of us yeah whether we like it or not when we're talking about um you know, the energy of quantum physics and and the law of attraction and all of this, they know that our our energy vibrates at different rates. And if we can match rates, that's when we attract like to like. So if I can match the energy of, um, I'm not going to say a lottery win, that would be, you know, the, the property in Spain I'd like to buy or something, and I could be on that frequency, just like tuning in a radio, it would be more likely for me to get to that goal so when i'm trying to explain energy in a room full of people especially with children but also adults as well i get them all to hold hands and then one of us, i'll start with my hand on this little electrode here and you can do this with hundreds of people when by the time you've made the circle and it comes back when you join her up again she starts singing to us and that's just oh it's annoying i have to stop it sticks in your head for. For hours, if not days, but that actually demonstrates because you've got a room of people all holding hands, and yet it makes the connection. The energy is flowing through every single one of us to make that connection to make Pepper sing. Personally, I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but <laughs> you know, but that's how it works. That, that's how I show other people how energy flows, <laughs> you know, who don't want to know about quantum physics or the soul. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think you know what was it, what you were saying is you, know, you um aren't don't consider yourself spiritual or, or religious or, or anything, but but you believe in the, this higher power. And I think well, actually, it doesn't matter what you want to label it, whether you're coming at it from a religious, organized religion, way of life, or a spiritual what viewpoint, or a, or a non spiritual viewpoint, or whatever. You know there are lots of people that i mean i know lots of people think there are, there's absolutely nothing and it's all wrong whatever but you know essentially i think a lot of people are talking about the same thing yeah. this higher power and it doesn't matter if you want to call it the god universe you know god the universe the source creation mm-hmm. a higher power whatever it is there's something that we don't understand and, oh, and i agree actually, wholeheartedly on that And and I think really, that puts us all on the same page. It's just however we want to label it, we're all kind of, we're all working with the same stuff because we all exist, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And whatever, however you want to understand that, using your mind um, is, is then down to you. What has been interesting for my personal journey is coming out of, having to understand things using my mind to make the world make sense and actually moving into being able to feel and experience life which has made life so much more beautiful and fulfilling and, and a nicer place to be. You know, the world is a nicer place to be because of that transformation
1: that's lovely i don't think i'm there yet (laughs) not that the world isn't a lovely place to be so i don't feel that connection that you're talking about Mm -hmm. i respect it i believe that there is something bigger than than just us you know um and i you know and 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 it's night it's natural and it whatever i mean we go up there it could be down there where nobody knows (laughs) um and and that actually, is more likely, when you think about it, it's more likely to be down there because if you think of all the elements in this, I'm a geologist, <laughs> as well as, um, all the elements in the earth that would be attracted and magnetised and moving towards and moving from and everything like that um, together. It's no wonder it affects us up here because we're all standing on this earth, aren't we? So it is literally that force that ground force or source as you call it as well coming up so who know people talk about grounding don't they in that sense of of actually putting your feet on the earth or or walking barefoot somewhere where it's nice perhaps not today (laughs) um and and it calms you it calms you doesn't it if you walk on grass or if you walk on sand it can't or even just a dry earth it calms you so maybe you know there is there is something there that's to do with all the elements that are all all around us and they're 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 in the the air in the gaseous forms they're they're beyond the atmosphere in the space at, you know asteroids and things like that but they find their way to earth and become hot so it's all it's all very strange and all very weird but there's it, it always you know I, I never dismiss people who say they've seen a ghost or they've spoken to someone who's passed and things like that because we don't know mm. we don't know we don't know that connection um little story you know we've got our new foster child little lad and he's desperately missing his last carer and one of the social workers sent us a a, little, a book and it's a beautiful book called the invisible string and it talks about when you, we've all got, when we're with some miss, we've all got these invisible strings that connect us so that even if we're not next to them and we can't be with them, just thinking of them, they will know that you think of them. So it's almost telepathic and they you will feel their love come back as well. And when I read this story to him and I've reminded him of it several times, it brings in such peace and calm. And he can feel the love, and he can feel these invisible strings as well. So it's, it's really nice. And it's actually, we're talking about the same thing, aren't we? We're talking about that te- almost telepathic connection. You know, um, I would know if there was something wrong with my daughter mm. before she called up to say there was something wrong with her. You know, and parents have that with their children, don't they? They've got this telepathic connection that's got no me you know there's no sensible reason for it you know there's no logical reason and yet you know that it you know there's something there and you know if there's something wrong you know if there's something happy just by feeling it even though they may be hundreds of miles away so definitely something out there
0: (laughs) yeah i mean what always comes to mind is um anne hathaway in interstellar when she says and she says um, love is the only thing that we feel and we know transcends time and space so maybe it's time to to trust it and you know that I was kind of it always um, kind of uh, epitomizes that you know is that Mm. we know that something's off for and 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 I think that is love that connects us all really Mm. you know and you know in my experience of um, mediumship, it is always messages of love that come back. You know, it's never, yeah. "Oh yeah, I thought you were an idiot in in life, and I still think you're an idiot
1: now." That was just not the case. <laughs> oh, you must let me know if that ever happens because that would make me laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is always a
0: case of you know people trying to say sorry for things that they realize how they've behaved or how they're treated and, and actually just wanting to help and, and love and guide mm. people out, you know as best they can so um i think love is a is i mean i'm of the belief that love is what the universe is made of and whether not in a, the necessarily the the way that we always think of love mm. in the romantic sense or, or you know in a kind mm. of person-to-person sense but in it it's expansive Form um, yes. that is indescribable. That is what I believe is the driving force of the universe and us all and everything that connects us. Um, for kind of those reasons, but um, yeah, I think it was interesting what you were saying about manifesting um, and trying to, you know, get on the same wavelength as as certain things and. Um, that definitely resonates you know again we're kind of talking about the same thing with with energy um, yeah. and it,
1: essentially... it, it is it is just yeah. a frequency of energy the same as when you tune in your radio you get to the right frequency yeah. and if that you is... don't you've just got all that crackle 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 in yeah. order to get what you want you've got to match the frequency to the one that they're projecting or oh, I don't know, transmitting that's the word isn't it yeah. so no, exactly. uh, and no, if, you, and if you don't match it you don't get it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I always say that I'm like a radio and I just tune into your station and then the electricity yeah. is the Reiki energy that flows through us to help you sing your song or whatever.
1: So well, I've got a question for you, if that's all right. So when you're doing your Reiki, yeah. is, every, is everybody then on a different frequency or are we all for you to be able to channel your energy and and you know be on that same frequency is it that human beings are on a certain frequency that allows you to do that because we are saying everyone's on different frequencies in terms of yeah I want, let's say i want a new mobile phone i can't afford it so i'm going to do whatever i can to get a new mobile phone and try and trends you know whatever i don't actually i don't do that i have to say <laughs> but people do and so that's all different frequencies. That's what I'm saying. So, but when it comes to Reiki, to delivering healing energy mm. in that way, mm. uh, is everybody at a certain frequency? Would it be like tuning into one channel on the TV?
0: No. So I would I'd say that each person has their own frequency, which can mm. change. Um, but the Reiki energy is is the electricity. So the Reiki energy is the constant, and that no is, that's how you can attune as people, as a we attune to the Reiki energy. So then we're at that kind of, if you think mm-hmm. of that as a vertical line, mm-hmm. and then each person has their own frequency that can change, and I'm able to tune into that at the same time
1: mm-hmm.
0: as being a channel for the the Reiki energy that's working through me.
1: Got you, got you. And, but are they all within a certain bandwidth, if you like? Do do do, or are some almost impossible for you to connect? Or some uh, uh, connect? You only have to walk through the door and you're connected. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't need to be physically next to someone. I mm. can connect with someone, you know via Skype or or actually I can do it just via thought sometimes actually with certain people that I'm very connected to, Mm -hmm. it's just, it just starts, if they are stressed, I will start releasing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's not actually always a conscious thing. Um, You've seen me when we've, when we were at our BNI meeting, sometimes I might just start yawning for someone and because Mm -hmm. someone in the room or someone next to me, I'm picking up off other people. Um, so, but I mean, you know, everybody has, most people have walls up um, because that's how, you know, most people go through life. Um, but even those people that have the biggest walls, you can still read that in their energy.
1: Right.
0: So it doesn't really... But it's m- not a barrier. No, because whatever you have is what you're giving off. Yeah. And that's what I think is interesting about what you were saying about manifesting is, you know, we can want something to happen. You know, I might be like, oh, yeah, I you know want to be with the love of my life. Great. You know, and I can't wait to manifest that. But I can sit and manifest it for my entire life. But if my subconscious is saying, no, you don't want love, you don't deserve love, blah, 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 you're never going to have that. Then I'm never going to manifest it. And I think that's a really important thing for people to understand. Mm. You know, manifesting isn't just wishing. Like Mm. that you have to be, your energy field has to be in complete alignment with what you're sending out to the universe. Mm. Otherwise, it can't tune in correctly.
1: Mm. That's That's really interesting because actually, that obviously a lot of the work we do is like the hypnosis therapeutic part i do um whether it's just plain clinical hypnotherapy or incorporated into the coaching um both of which you've experienced and worked with me with um thank you for that (laughs) um but what i have to do is i have to tune in almost to your unconscious mind where those blocks are, you know, those walls are. Now, some of those walls are so unconscious, you have got no idea that they're there at all. So however much you want to change them, you can't. Because the I think it's uh they've put some figures out they're not accurate with everyone knows they're not accurate i'm talking about research papers um the, your conscious mind i think it is processes information at something like forty thousand bits per minute or second or something but your unconscious is doing it at 400 000 bits per second or minute or whatever it, it, the, the figure is and your unconscious as i said earlier is where all your 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 default excuse me i picked a bit of skin on my face <laughs> um, is where all your um default bits of you are um so your just how you are is there everything you've learned in your early days you know from pre-birth like before you were born or right the way up until you were seven um is stored unconsciously you don't need to be told how to breathe for example <laughs> or how to eat or um and even once you're you you get a bit older you don't you still don't need to be told how to wash or how to brush your teeth or, you know these are things you learn you do them automatically you don't need to think about how you don't stand in your shower or at the sink going how do i wash myself let me get the book again i'm not sure do you it, it just happens and as adults, we'd use the, this sort of analogy of driving a car or riding a bike. You, once you've learned, you've learned, and it goes in, you don't need to think about it. But when you are, let's say someone comes to me for coaching, and they've got this goal, and they just, it's almost like they want to work towards it. They get so far and they bash into a brick wall. It's because this goal is not congruent. With the unconscious part of their mind that is their default fault system. So as a hypnotherapist or a hypnotic coach, um, depending just to explain the differences, if I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm someone comes to me with a problem and they want me to help them fix that problem. If someone comes to me as a hypnot for hypnotic coaching, they could come with exactly the same issue. But instead of coming with a problem that wants to be fixed, they come with a goal in mind of what they want to achieve so instead of working on a problem we're working on goals and we work in a solution focused way so it's it's different in the way it plays out but that initial part is always the same because if they're coming up against this barrier it's because there's always something unconscious there Mm -hmm. and it's that unconscious part that needs to be um, not resolved that's the wrong word what we do what i do is is help to reframe it so that 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 part that has been running what whatever that behavior and that creates that block is um is now aware of ha- actually how it's impacting on you as an adult and it is not beneficial so we will help to change that habit sounds really weird because you do it all in in hypnosis and you help that that part of you to agree to new habits yeah and get you to come up with the habits i don't do that work that's (laughs) you but you do it in hypnosis and it's the same thing you cannot if that block is there and not dealt with you are never ever ever going to achieve what you want over here because this will stop you because this is what as you said right at the beginning it's the one that keeps you safe it's the one that keeps you alive it's the one that is on the lookout for you all the time and if it's this, if this part thinks that this part is going to do something that's going to risk that, bearing in mind this part was laid down before the age of seven, yeah. so you, <laughs> so it, mostly, so it's acting in a, on a child's understanding of the world. You're never going to achieve this as an adult, so that's the difference, and that's where I do my work. And I wouldn't call it working with a soul. I call it working with the, the the mind, the brain and the different parts of the brain and it's making the unconscious aware. Making the un- I think it was Carl Jung the psychologist who said until we make the unconscious conscious we will accept whatever we're given and call it fate. Mm. But actually you can make that conscious and you can ch- make big changes in your life just by being aware and becoming aware of the blocks. Mm. Yeah. Other people might call it soul spirit all sorts of stuff i i don't <laughs> well, no i mean you know i would say
0: that your your soul is the i believe again that your soul kind of drops into the body from the first heartbeat yeah. and um it is from I that I disagree
1: point. i'd say before you know literally before <laughs> you're a combination of of you know, the man and the female getting together in that that union in the second before the heart is even, but that is where mm. it starts. But it starts with the, the, the man and the woman, you know, it starts there with their biology. Mm. So, it, because there was a really good, I think I mentioned it to you before, there was a really good study done somewhere on, I don't know if it was rats, let's say rats, for instance, and they took rats that lived in a really hot climate yeah and moved them into a cold climate and each generation that was born after i think it was for three or maybe four generations down the rats that were born the babies behaved as though they were in a hot climate like a tropical climate mm-hmm. even though they were in a cold climate so this this genetic behaviour, there's me my hands going, (laughs) so that genetic behaviour, that genetic understanding and the belief goes through the generations, you know, and it's a generational thing so sometimes you have to, when people do past life work, which I don't because I don't think I've got the conviction of the belief of that enough, but when they do past life regressions they're working on, Tends not to come through as generational but you can do work and and get you to go back down your family tree almost mm. to find where certain things came from mm. that's
0: very really interesting <laughs> that you say i think that generational patterning and and past life regression are two very different things and because I completely agree that um, things are passed out in our DNA and those patterns can, but also I think, and those generational um, things are, it, it's, I, I don't know whether they are in that instance, stored in the subconscious mind or stored in our cellular memory. And that is something that I think definitely needs looking into. Um, you know, where where are those cells stored? I would, um, just thinking in the moment, I would say that probably those generational patterns are stored within our entire bodies in the cellular makeup of that. And as we are and they are, we are, it is possible to change those and to clear yeah. those and to, and, to, and to stop those patterns from happening again. Um, but the past life work um, is a different, uh, goes again to, to the information that your soul stores so i'm i've i'm of the understanding that your soul there are too many spiritual lessons for a soul to learn in one lifetime which is why we need to have multiple lifetimes to be able to to come to complete basically <laughs> think of it kind of like a computer game right you've got to go through the levels to get <laughs> um and then at the end it sounds
1: like one of the indian ones in there like a the Hindu or a Sikh or something where they got the reincarnation so many times until they've sort of completed the cycle and and come through it as a better person or whatever it is they aim for. I can't yeah, remember. I or maybe I don't think it's Buddhism, but Buddhism's not a religion anyway, so
0: <laughs> Again, I'm you know, I'm not I don't know a lot about the various religions, so I can't say yes it's one way or the other um but this is from again this is from my understanding from um, my own spiritual teaching but also what i've learned through mediumship work of and me asking people <laughs> that have already passed on what's the deal with past lives kind of thing you know um so and what's the answer what answers do you get then? That that there are too many lessons to be able to do in one lifetime all oh, right um, and so that's why we have to come back now. Some interestingly, some souls. It, you know, that's why you kind of get the the notion of old souls and and new souls. So I'm would say I'm a particularly old soul, as far as I am aware, from ones I have been made aware of. I'm in my forty seventh lifetime. Oh my word! I'm pretty old, and I'm really you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's why maybe a lot. You know. Um, so when you kind of start remembering if you have a spiritual awakening as it were actually you're just remembering everything that you've learned in previous lifetimes that mm. so can happen quite so it's for me for example in my experience it, i'm like everything has happened very quickly because it's not necessarily having to learn the lessons again i'm just remembering things i've already done
1: oh
0: wow so whereas other people so um you know, may have only been been down once, and so you know, so that's it, it, again, it's a completely individual experience. And but I do think that past life um, regression is very helpful, and it was one of the first things that I experienced. Really, um, it, I mean, it completely. I was like, this is bizarre. You know, <laughs> I was like, how? But but the patterns and the things that I had um Picked up in each of those lifetimes were prevalent in my life now, in this lifetime. Wow. and so by clearing those patterns and by dealing with that, those layers then started to shift away. So I do think you know it's an interesting and and yet yeah, you know so then you've got the argument of okay, well, were those past life memories held? in my soul or in my subconscious mind because actually by in the way to access the past life memories right is mm-hmm. that in the session that i had was we opened up each chakra and and just depended on which came up i was in a meditative state you know someone talked me down and into it just like you would in hypnotherapy so you know a lot of the time i think it's actually it's intention you're going to find whatever you go looking for if you're looking for past life stuff you're for past life stuff if you're looking for yeah.
1: something
0: what it, do you know what I mean so it, mm. it there's this whole conversation where actually there's a lot of similarities it's just depending on you know if you want to put a, oh that's a spiritual thing and think mm. of it as not a serious way of dealing with stuff that's holding you back well actually if you just remove the spiritual sticker that you want to put on it it's still working in the same way and it's still helping you clear blocks yeah it just depends on where they're from
1: The um i'd love to do past life regression i really would it's finding somebody you can trust because there are a lot of people out there who are just charlatans you know they're just not you know and for my my work i've you know done the proper diploma courses you do continued You know training cpd etc etc and some people just don't just leave it at that Um, and i do have one very good friend who who specializes in doing it but she lives in leicester so and i i don't know that it's the sort of thing that would be good to do remotely might be i'd have to speak to her maybe it's just as good to do remotely as it is to do face to face Mm. um i suppose unless someone has an upsetting incident but then they can with it on the road. the only thing that concerns that it doesn't concern me the only thing that i realize is that even when i'm talking to someone in hypnotherapy and i'm going into regression but just in this life Mm. their memories are often false they're Mm. not always true memories Mm. so if you're going into past lives you'd Mm. imagine that exactly the same as apply so Mm. you wonder how do you differentiate between, you know, true memories and false memories and it's very hard, you know, in hypnotherapy, we always have to put a caveat in that these, whatever comes out, may not be true. Yeah, don't, 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 you know, say for certain that it is, because it's not, there's an awful lot of problems, I think it was the 70s, I think, or early 80s, where a lot of people were being taken to court, accusing pe, you know, parents of all sorts of abuse and things, and there were ninety percent were false memories. Mm. Um, I don't know how I say ninety percent. That's what, what kind of came out. Maybe they weren't. Who knows? But every, not everything that comes up in a memory in hypnosis is um, false. And hypnosis, you're talking about meditation. Hypnosis and meditation are essentially the same thing. You your brain works on these brain waves, those frequencies again, exactly the same thing again. And there are there's loads. They're all different. Like you've got all the di- all the different radio stations now. They're all got a different frequency. There's loads and loads and loads. And there are four main ones, and it's beta, which is like us. We're talking consciously. We're alert. We could make plans. All sorts of stuff that's beta the next one's alpha and i always say alpha is a bit like well you're just a little bit daydreaming so you might be looking out of the window but if someone comes in the room you're aware of them and you snap out of that and talk to them um some hypnosis is done in alpha most of it is done in theta which is the next one and you know about theta so theta is where you could be staring out of that window or reading a book and you'd be so engrossed someone could ballet dance in front of you you wouldn't even see them you know because you're concentrating on that bit so much and then um uh delta is just sleep so they're the four main ones um meditation the sort of meditation most people would take themselves into and self meditation is done in alpha it's that half awake half asleep daydream me you know not quite asleep, just not quite awake you drift yeah and that's that's um most meditation and as you get deeper down to the bottom of alpha and the top of theta so you might be getting someone who can meditate for an hour but then as you get down into theta if you got right to the bottom of theta almost as it were there they'd be your buddhist monks who can meditate for a month at a time you know that kind of thing that's it's just the level brain wave frequency activity that you can bring yourself to so meditation and hypnosis are essentially the same thing and again it's all this energy it's all these frequencies working so it's how you're learning to calm your mind and you can do it yourself but you most people are unlikely to reach a theta state a deep theta state where you really open your subconscious mind to change positive change if that's what you wish Um, in in just doing it themselves they need the guidance either of a proper meditation guide again you're rarely going to get down that low even with a a good guide and you do it for an hour you need to go down into theta and that is where we do hypnosis as well so it's it's you know they're the same thing they're not different in any way yeah it's so interesting
0: i recently bought a fitbit um to record because i didn't want to have my phone on me all the time to record my Mm -hmm. steps it also records my sleep and it's been really interesting to see the kind of deep and light sleep patterns but what was even better was I noticed when I'm in, if I'm wearing it and I'm in a session or if I'm doing mediumship work or, or whatever it is, whenever I'm doing the spiritual stuff,
1: if you want to put it that
0: way, um, it might, it thinks I'm asleep. It really? Being in a
1: light sleep. Wow. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because you're just slowing everything down. The brain frequency slows down. Your heart rate slows down. Your pulse will slow down. Everything. Your breathing rate. The whole thing will slow right down. And I, think I wonder it's, if it's the same in if you're doing Reiki. Pardon? Because you're almost generating energy. Then I wonder if you
0: get the same. Uh, I don't. I don't generate the Reiki energy. I'm just the channel for it.
1: Yeah. But I wonder if it picks up on that at all. Have you worn it during that yet? I'm in a light sleep. Oh because
0: wow. The that I. The way that I do the it's not um the difference between the angelic reiki and a sui reiki in a sui reiki for me i was much more conscious like Mm. i could be channeling it and sort of because it in my understanding is that it comes from the kind of world around us um for the sui and so i could be kind of pointing that in the right direction but still thinking about what i was going to have for dinner um, with the, with the angelic Reiki, because it is a higher frequency energy, I have to be in a much more uh, concentrated mindset, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes to the point where I go into I will. It will be like I've nodded off, but I haven't, because it's just body, depending on the person in the session and whatever whatever their needs are, but it's a very different type of session.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, and it's a very different type of energy. Um, but it all works. It's interesting because it all still works with the mind. Like I still use <clears throat> the mind consciously to open up to the energy, to, you know, re- to receive and, and, um, any messages that are coming through and to be able to understand what I'm reading from that person's energy. So there is that conversion point from the energy itself that we don't understand into form so that we can comprehend it. And I think a lot of the work that um, I have done is, is, for example, with um, light language, which you can't understand, but it does affect the subconscious mind. And I have done a lot of subconscious clearing using that is that kind of balance of not needing to understand how it works, but just knowing that it does and seeing the difference. And I guess sometimes that might be something for people that maybe haven't done hypnosis before or anything like that of like, people wanting to ask why or how how does this work and I think a lot of that you were saying about not needing to surrender to begin with but actually I think there is an element of that like you do need to just surrender that okay this is good you know
1: if it's going to work it's going to work cool you know for hypnosis because if you don't think it's going to work it's not going to work because we're only working with your mind so if you believe it's not going to work don't come and say I won't actually see you (laughs) you know I won't say I won't waste your time and mine because I I will only work with people and I'm I'm quite picky really you know Mm. and I will say to people I I kind of select who is going to work with me Mm. um and if they're just trying it or someone said they'll give it a try or someone's paid for it but they don't really want to be there I'll just say no yeah because it's pointless Mm. and you've got to want it to work because Mm. that is part one of opening your mind to the possibility even that it is going to work for you if you're completely closed down Mm. it's not now it's kind of different in coaching because then we go down a different route in coaching and um we use hypnosis in a non-therapeutic way Mm. to achieve things so that person you, you agree entirely yeah you know i so see you're sent in you don't want to be but you know what would you rather be doing we talk about that kind of thing you kind of bypass if you like to because quite often people are sent for coaching from their companies the companies they work for um and so if your boss has said oh i think you need some coaching i don't want to be here what, what a waste of time well, well you know i need you to be at least for a little while so that i can sign a piece of paper and say you you been, and otherwise you're not fulfilling your part of the contract so mm. what can we talk about while you're here what do you like um what would you rather be doing what's the problem with that and then you start talking to them and because you're talking about what they believe in then you can do hypnosis based on what they believe in but if you were to do exactly the same thing but they thought it was coming from an angle that they didn't agree with, mm. not going to work. Not in mm. a million years. Absolutely yeah. not going to work at all. <laughs> that yeah. was really interesting. Is, really it. interesting.
0: I, was, I get asked like, you know, don't you get people that don't, you know, or I, I, I've treated a lot of sceptics that haven't tried Reiki before, they've not ever been interested in it, mm. and you know it's all because i mean i'm like no one's going to come if you if 100 percent don't believe in it you're not going to be you're not even going to be asking about a session mm. so you know it doesn't really matter so i you know you don't really get necessarily heavy opposition mm. because i don't think people if they just think it's a load of shit then <laughs> they're just not going to cater to it you know whereas mm. um the people that have come and sort of had an open mind, and a lot of people have said to me, I wouldn't normally try it, but because it's you, I'll give it a go. And I think that is, you know, because I'm not super wooey or whatever. Mm. and, And I think also because people can see the transformation that's happened within myself and my life, I think hopefully it helps people to kind of go, well, maybe there's something in this. Yeah. You know, and, and I kind of, you know, I'm like, whatever you want to come and see me for, whether it's, you know, physical pain or, or something mental or stress or whatever it is, at the end of the day, even if you don't believe in it, I, you know, night I've never had anyone that hasn't come out at least feeling more relaxed. Yeah. And, and if, if nothing else, just to come out feeling more chilled out, you're still going to benefit from it, you know, no matter if you believe in any of the other stuff that, you know, could be going on or might not be going on, you know, and a lot of people do just come and just get the stress relief and that's great, perfect, Mm. you know, but it's, I think just trying to open things up to people and alternative ways of doing things and alternative ways of looking at things and, you know, but being able to spot the patterns of actually it is all kind of the same stuff it's just yeah. however you know and and you know someone that w- wants to work with me might not want to work with you and vice versa because they might not mm. resonate you know if someone isn't into super spiritual stuff but they know they've got these subconscious blocks they'll more likely to come and work with you mm. perfect you know i'm not saying that my way of doing things is 100 percent right for everybody it's not you know right. and you have to find the right person for you and but at the end of the day if people are getting happier <laughs> and, are, and are able to you know and are taking these steps to be able to mm. be freer and happier and more fulfilled and have more love in their lives great Go yeah.
1: for it. And what, what do you do if someone wants to try reiki who doesn't really know what is is and hasn't got particular problem if you you know, or they can't think of it. You know, I've not got a pain in the leg, or I've not got stress, or whatever. Do you, when you're sort of doing your magic, as it were, do you pick up on those problems, or do they need to tell you for you to focus on it? How does it work?
0: Um, basically, whatever presents itself is what needs to come up. Um right. Some, I mean, sometimes if people, you know, it's not necessarily some sometimes people don't have a lot of blocks mm. and it's just you know th- there's normally a little bit of cleaning you know kind of because <laughs> as back with people we mm. pick up other people's energy and and um as and so you know normally the first session is kind of just the sort of clearing out it's like right let's just get you clear and just so it's just your energy again and then, and I kind of go through each chakra and just see what comes up. And it completely varies for each person. But just by living our lives, we're going to pick up, you know, bits and pieces. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, it it just depends on what that person. But also, I don't. I quite often don't necessarily want to know if someone has a specific problem because because of the way i work where during the session i will see things hear things feel things in my own body i like i kind of give a feedback session afterwards where i explain to them what i've experienced whilst reading their energy and clearing their energy and i think if i knew about stuff beforehand it would then counteract the validity of what i have experienced with their energy
1: so that's i once had a a reiki session with a a girl she was training and she wanted you know people volunteer so i went along because we'd been friends a while and um but yeah you know not really into it didn't have a particular problem or anything like that so she did her business and i can't honestly say i felt much i did feel warm in a couple of spots that she picked up on mm. they weren't necessarily spots that were painful or anything so i don't know why that happened but then at the end of it she said which kind of ruined it for me to be honest. she said the angels came and mm. i just thought what <laughs> you know? Yeah. i know she was you know learning angelic reiki mm. but i would never given a thought to what these angels were What does she mean? We're not talking floaty cherubs, are we? Are we talking a different energy? What What are we talking?
0: Yeah, I mean, my understanding or and my experience of angels is not that like, oh yeah, we're all floating around and having a nice time. (laughs)
1: Yeah, hops. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) for me, (laughs) actually, um, the angels are are kind of the hardcore ones. Like I work. And there are different angels for different things but I again don't really necessarily work in a way where I call it this person needs this so I need this specific angel or whatever I just I always say whatever angel is required basically for this person like they know what you need like I don't need to know because then it's my interpretation that's getting in the way don't you When I've, if I've, see, again, it's about that, how we are shown things so that we can understand them. Mm. When I see an angel in my mind, if they turn up, like, (laughs) you know, Mm. like you said, um, I work closely with Archangel Michael, who tends to turn up with a bloody great sword and a shield. Like, (laughs) I see them as warriors. You know, they're not, it's not, and there is, you know, there is, but they are fueled by love. So they come from this super high vibrational space, but they come to clear and heal and just get rid of all, <laughs> all the, all the darkness, but it's, um, and things that are holding you
1: back. Does it really just another frequency a higher frequency of energy but you've yeah, they've been exactly given a name everything is everything
0: yeah. is an energy yeah. form at a different frequency and it yeah. just depends on what you're tuning into and because of our because it's oh excuse mm-hmm. me it's not you <laughs> i was up late <laughs> in energy form it is we can't comprehend it in our human mm. form now so we have to be able to give it a, f- a, a visual representation and give it a name and give it a feeling so that we can understand what's happening but actually with our minds but actually mm. what's going on is happening on a level that we don't need to understand
1: but yeah yeah, i'm with you on that I, I understand that because there's so much of what i do not so much the hypnosis i understand that from the scientific point of view and everything but i do do energy work um in in different ways to alleviate pain and um and all sorts of things phobias you know and it's very quick work as well whereas hypnotherapy you can get rid of something quite quickly but i always believe it needs more therapy because you need to if you if you've got a problem you've had for a while yeah you can remove it but you've not worked on the reasons why it was there in the first place so you you remove those emotions those feelings and the behavior but you all those original things are still sat there so they that's what needs work so i don't do one-off therapy with people i always do a minimum of four Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to things like phobias and stuff like that you you can remove them quite quickly again i still think it's great to have another session just to work on where they came from in the first place well I just do this this and I don't think I've did it with you i've done it with other people amongst their colleagues so you know i'd have to ask if they'd wanted to divulge but <laughs> um, literally through the screen and pulling that that emotion that feeling because i work on the emotions not what's wrong with you but how what it is that's bothering you makes you feel so when i get those emotions i literally are pulling it out of them and you can i can feel it and they can feel it through this it's the weirdest thing ever don't ask me how i just don't know and and it's kind of always starts off as this heavy solid dense you know, thing. (laughs) Um, And as I'm removing it, it's getting lighter and lighter and gassy. It always does, and it changes in colour, it changes in, in form, so it might have been as heavy rock or something, and it just changes to a light fluffy cloud or something, as I'm removing it. And I'm thinking, how the hell do I do this? I don't know, I don't, I haven't got a clue. But I just do it it, and it works. And I do say to people, I don't know how, so please, no point you ask me out I don't know how but I know it works so just go with it you know <laughs> believe and off it works so it goes <laughs> exactly
0: it's exactly what I do you're working in exactly the same way mm. just removing mm. this energy Just, yeah. yeah. this is why this is kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast because you know mm. say that you're not spiritual and we think about things in completely different ways and whatever actually we're actually really on. <laughs> actually the same work it's just however whichever standpoint you want to come at it from
1: yeah you know yeah and
0: that's what i think and that's so important because i think there is this huge stigma against energy work in whichever form you want to use yeah. it but it is so powerful and can heal people so quickly and mm-hmm. and you know i just don't i've I don't understand, (laughs) for me, I do understand why people wouldn't want to use that to make their lives as... as, Well,
1: it's really only the past, not even 100 years, that people haven't wanted to use it. It was only when we were told that the doctor is best and... and... Yeah. and big corporate pharmaceutical industry built up that said we can make these pills that make you better you don't need to so the person the person who in your tech village who knew how to use natural ingredients and herbs to make medicine oh, to heal you and use energy this is where all your stories of witch doctors and voodoo and and witches and everything is where they all come from is these people who are able to use the energy around us to heal others mm-hmm. and that's all witchcraft ever was <laughs> you know people talk about dark witches and what you know, i don't know about that but the original thing has always been someone who's been able to heal other people um mm-hmm. simply by using nature around them I and uh goes
0: back, uh, it goes back it, to even you know, two yeah second,
1: century, and, and, and it's literally only since we yeah. well Probably since the 70s in this country, um, well, first of all, we were told, weren't we, because nobody went to the doctor pre-1930s because it cost too much. Mm. You didn't go to the doctor. If you went to the doctor, it's because you were going to die if if you didn't. And more than likely he came out and saw you, which that doesn't happen either. (laughs) um, And then... Somehow or another, everyone was brainwashed into believing that you had to go to the doctor, you had to go to the hospital. Fair enough, there were amazing medical breakthroughs with things like the eradication of smallpox, treating polio, all those things like that, which must have seemed like miracles when you only had a bit of ragwort or something (laughs) boiling in the kettle. You know, that must have seemed miraculous. So there's no doubt that modern medicine has got a place and has, has, um, for real emergencies and, it's, you know, some conditions that keep, kind of keep evolving that we can't kind of manage with natural... Um, ingredients probably because they come from an an actual place in the first place who knows um that's just my own thoughts but nobody relied on a doctor and it was only when that brainwashing happened and then we were told that you believed that doctor you know when i was grown up in the you know in 1960 you the doctor if you he was a man always a man (laughs) who was respected and he was his word was absolutely gospel you you would never have challenged him and said i want a second opinion ever ever um, and and so it then seemed to almost like a government dictate that said then everybody has to have a daughter and that's when they barred the complimentary. they didn't bar it but they made it so that there's they put so many laws against it that you people couldn't just promote it and use it freely So we, you and I can't actually send out an ad, put an advert out saying we can heal or cure anything. We can't even suggest that, Mm -hmm. even though there might be somebody in front of their very eyes being healed or cured of something. We can't say that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for everybody in the complementary and alternative medicine and, and therapy practices. Um, and it's because the laws have been put in place to protect industry, pharmaceutical industry. So let's not go down that route because we'll be here till next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I, 100%, I think the medical, I, I'm not saying that don't go to the doctor, you know, if <laughs> you feel ill or whatever. But yeah, I think there are different uses for different things. And I think that um, trying to treat symptoms rather than the cause is um is a is a is a big mm. issue. um but yeah i mean by all means you know if i get run over i don't <laughs> want some rakey a surgeon to put my guts back in <laughs> yeah. you've got to exactly yeah. yeah it's being able to discern and i think but and using the both using both together oh, yeah. as complementary to each other again yeah speeds up healing like i'm not saying yeah go to the hospital or don't go to the Mm. doctor if you don't feel well, like get a medical opinion, but as well as, you know, doing things that can help prevention is better than cure. A lot of the time being able to put yourself in a position where you are living a healthy lifestyle. You are taking care of your body, mind, and soul all together, looking at yourself as a, as a whole and, and treating any kind of issue Mm. as that from all aspects um and and going forward with that but
1: yeah absolutely
0: i feel like we could
1: probably talk all day we could uh, we could <laughs> but i've got to do my presentation <laughs> for being nice right tomorrow so we can't <laughs> but um yeah but thank you very
0: much thank you for inviting me yeah it's it's been um hopefully yeah. eye-opening for people and and uh, yeah. obviously if you want to work with myself or denise um or anyone else then uh please obviously the information will be listed uh on my website and below on um youtube so thank you again thank you everybody for listening and thank you take care thank you for listening to you me just us three the down to earth spiritual podcast i hope you've enjoyed our time together This podcast is free with the aim to reach and help as many people as possible but if you would like to contribute to help with editing costs please do follow the paypal link to work with myself or any of our guests our contact information can be found at www.theodorafizard.com and again thank you in advance for all your time comments likes
1: shares and subscriptions until next time take care